You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves fan site on the fan-sided network. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Hopefully your week is going well. Today we have several notes to cover off the top. There is a new John Hollinger piece out regarding uh, pending free agents, or I should say pending team options and player options. There's a couple of players of interest to the Wolves on that list. Um, plus uh, a bunch of kind of a smattering of, of updates, draft related and front office related, mostly from Darren Wolfson of KSCP and Score North. So I want to hit all those off the top, make sure everybody's updated on what's going on in Timberwolves land. And then we'll get into actually number 17 on my big board today. I'll run through the top 16 in big board 2.0. I want to round out probably the top 20, maybe 25 before we hit a 3.0 version, which should lead into the draft. So we'll just do one player today on the big board and then a spotlight on the division. Um, I, I new, new thing I want to start doing is basically take a team, take a look at their pending free agents and then any potential trade targets the wolves could have with each team. So I say divisional spotlight. I want to start with the Northwest division, start with the Timberwolves, uh, the teams they'll see four times this year. Um, so we'll start today with the Denver Nuggets. Um, that'll be the final segment of today's show. We'll talk about their roster, who is a pending free agent and who could be a trade target. Um, there's actually a player in that conversation who also falls into the, uh, the Hollinger piece that we'll discuss here off the top as well. So pack show today, first off the top, a quick reminder to please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. All right, so uh, first... Let's uh, let's talk about the news from Darren Wolfson. Um, over the past couple of days, he he does a great job of staying on top of everything locally. He's really plugged in uh, with prospects that have ties locally as well as to the front offices. Um, he shared a tweet from um, Nick Restifo, Restifo or Restifo? I'm not sure. I think it's Restifo, who uh, was a former Dial and Calculus writer. Who, of course, uh, that's a sister site of Fansided, where I where I uh, write for the Wolves blog. Uh, but he was hired by the Wolves a couple of years ago when Tom Thibodeau was running things, and he was in their analytics department. He announced that he's no longer with the team. The Timberwolves have hired Aaron Blackshear, who was the uh, Detroit Pistons director of research and analytics. He now uh, was hired by the Wolves. Remember. Um, current Wolves uh, uh, VP, EVP, Sashin Gupta, who of course had interviewed for the job in Sacramento and has bounced, has been with a few teams, Philadelphia, Houston, also Detroit. He was with the Pistons shortly before coming to the Timberwolves. So I'm sure that that is uh, one of the key ties there between Blackshear, formerly of the Pistons, now of the Timberwolves and Gupta, the Timberwolves EVP of basketball operations. Um, Another note from Darren Wolfson on Twitter, he uh, commented on uh, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer reported that Chris Finch is the front runner for the Indiana Pacers head coaching job. Remember, David Vanterpool, the Timberwolves associate head coach, had interviewed in Indiana. Uh, Finch, Wilson notes that Finch interviewed for the Wolves job when Ryan Saunders was the interim. It basically was Chris Finch, David Vanterpool, and Ryan Saunders were the, were the top contenders for the role. Obviously, Saunders got it. The Wolves were able to somehow hire Vanterpool away from the Portland Trailblazers with the associate head coach title. And Vanterpool, of course, also interviewed for the Houston Rockets job. He's a possibility there. Um, So we'll see how this shakes out. Also, Dave Yeager, a Minnesota native and somebody who had, you know, at least had talks with the Wolves several years ago about coaching in Minnesota, also interviewed with Indiana. And that's part of that note from Kevin O'Connor 
shared by Darren Wolfson. He also notes that Jay Scrub, who's the Juco player of the year, has close ties to, to uh, D'Angelo Russell. They're both natives of Louisville, and uh, he was a Louisville commit before he declared for the draft out of Juco. And he had a long interview with the Wolves uh, a couple months ago and had a second interview with the Wolves today. So we'll see if anything comes of that. He is typically being mocked in kind of the mid to late second round. Minnesota, of course, has the 33, pick number 33, which is the third pick of the second round. That's their only second rounder this year. Who knows if if they would look at him that earlier, if, if he's a potential trade back target, if they're able to cash in that number 17 for multiple second rounders or something like that. Uh, there's, It's pretty unlikely he goes undrafted, but uh, you never know until until uh, things shake out. There's always a couple guys who fall unexpectedly, but um, interesting to, to, I guess, notable to keep an eye on that as well. The other thing I want to hit on off the top here is that John Hollinger piece over at The Athletic. Of course, John Hollinger is uh, of the Hollinger and Duncan NBA show here on the Locked On NBA Network. He also writes at The Athletic and published a piece on Wednesday titled Predicting All 43 NBA Player and Team Options, a Postseason Update. So this is an update on an article you posted back in early April, believe it or not. And uh, it's all 43 players, exactly what it sounds like, that have player or team options. The Wolves actually only have one of the, one player that falls into that category. They've got a couple of two-way players who are considered restricted free agents in Jordan McLaughlin and Keelan Martin. And then there are other restricted free agents, Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez, which are the two biggest question marks for the Timberwolves this offseason. And uh, so he goes through, there's some big names in here, uh, Bobby Portis, Frank Kaminsky, uh, Gordon Hayward. Um, so several, several big names, some other kind of fringy type players. Uh, most of those are team options in terms of player options. Mike Conley, um, I should say Hayward's actually a player option as well. Andre Drummond, those guys are all likely to opt in. Uh, Anthony Davis is going to opt out. Of course, Otto Porter is going to be in. Um, so he goes down the list of every single player. The only option that the players have, that the Timberwolves have player or team wise is James Johnson. He will accept his option. And, and that's what Hollinger says as well. And then the the note on James Johnson is is uh, Johnson can still impact games as a curveball point center, but doesn't pack the same electric athleticism that he did in his twenties and grades out as a bench player at this point in his career. He's still getting paid off his career in in the 2016-17 campaign, meaning this will be an easy choice uh, to opt in. So we've operated under that assumption this whole time, anyways. Um, but it, obviously, Hollinger is just chiming in to to note that he thinks he will. Uh, he will opt in. The other one that's of note, and I want to get back to this player when we get to Denver later on, is Jeremy Grant. He's long been kind of targeted by Wolves fans around the Twitter sphere and the blogosphere, I guess, as kind of the perfect fit next to Carl Anthony Towns as a four that can stretch the floor, play defense, guard threes, guard twos as well, um, and, and what he's going to do. So uh, according to Hollinger, back when he wrote this article in April, he thought that it was pretty likely he would opt in and sign an extension, which, which takes walking off the table for the Nuggets and it takes, uh, you know, it, it allows him to get paid instead of gambling for, on free agency and only getting the mid-level exception or something like that. Now he has him opting out because uh, he thinks he'll get more than the mid-level exception given what we know about, what we don't know about the cap, the cap for next year. And then also uh, the lack of really attractive free agents out there and his strong performance for Denver in the bubble and, and in the playoffs. So Hollinger has Grant as an opt-out possibility. He's no doubt somebody the Timberwolves are going to target, especially depending on what shakes out with Beasley and Hernan Gomez. Grant's the type of guy who could be a starting four. Um, you know, if they can get him for nominally more than Hernan Gomez, you go with Jeremy Grant. I think I tend to think he'll be a little bit more expensive than that, um, but that'll certainly be something to keep an eye on moving forward. So if you have a few minutes, check out that article. 
there's several big names in there and Hollinger's got obviously some really great information as a former front office executive and uh, a really smart basketball analyst. So he's, he, if you want to know what's going to happen with some of these guys on player and team options, that's the article to, uh, to check out, to be sure. All right. Next up, what I want to do is uh, talk through number 17 on my big board, big board 2.0 here at Locked on Wolves. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It's better than ever, believe it or not, more delicious than ever. It's also got new packaging, new logo, all that stuff. There were already 12 delicious original flavors. There's now six brand new flavors. Those six flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. It is delicious. It's a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're perfect if you're health conscious. If you're trying to lose weight, maintain weight, and still indulge in a delicious treat, enjoy a built Bar. They are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber, and perfect if you are on a keto diet. Right now, for a limited time only, you'll still get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's talk big board. So it's been a couple weeks or so since we've talked big board last. So what I want to do is quickly run through the uh, the sixteen, the first sixteen players on big board two Again, this is a board that has shifted a little bit over the past. I don't know, however long we've been doing this, several months at this point. Uh, so this is Big Board 2.0. And again, there will be at least one more version here before the draft. So right now, as it stands, Timberwolves Big Board here at Lockdown Wolves 2.0. Lamella Ball is number one. Anthony Edwards, two. Killian Hayes, three. Obi Toppin at four. Devin Vassell at five. Tyrese Halliburton, six. Patrick Williams from Florida State rose all the way from the mid-teens to seven on this version of the big board. Isaac Okoro, the wing from Auburn, is eight. Sadiq Bayad of Villanova is nine. Onyeku Kongwu, 10. Number 11 on the big board is Aaron Nesmith from Vanderbilt. 12 is Kyra Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. 13 is Dania Vija. Number 14 is Alexi Pokasevsky, another pretty significant riser from the last time around. 15, RJ Hampton. And then number 16, is Tyrese Maxey, the guard out of Kentucky. Now, number 17 on the board with the, without further ado is Minneapolis native and Stanford Cardinal Tyrell Terry. Tyrell Terry is a fairly well-rounded point guard. The biggest knock on him, and I, I talked about this a couple months ago when we last discussed Terry. He was 19 on my last big board. He's risen to 17 with the news basically that he's apparently grown. He was listed as 6'1", which seemed generous. The word is he's closer to six foot three now, which is significant. Um, he was a 41% three-point shooter and an 89% free throw shooter in college. He apparently broke some kind of record in an IQ, IQ test that he took. And he shot 48% on catch and shoot threes. He's also a solid defender. And given his size, that was the biggest concern. I mean, how many sub six foot or roughly six foot NBA guards are actually solid defenders. Um, Tyus Jones is good, but the biggest issue is he wasn't super long and he wasn't super athletic and he wasn't super big. So he was smart, uh, but, and had quick hands and, and everything, but he wasn't a great, he's not still not a great defender, mostly because of his size and his lack of size and length. And a big reason why he slid all the way to where the wolves were able to trade up and get him back um, in that draft uh, when Flip Saunders was in charge, actually the Carl Anthony Towns draft. Terry, if he's really six foot three and he was listed at six one one sixty in college and wasn't probably even that big, 
if he's going to shoot 40% from three, you know, almost 50% on catch and shoot 89% at the free throw line, he's fairly quick. He, uh, you know, he can, he, he's effective in the paint. Um, I mean, he's on a lot of mock drafts. He's risen actually a little bit higher than this even. And there just isn't much track record of somebody of his size being a great defender. But again, if he's 6'3", if he, um, I haven't been able to find a wingspan on him, but I don't think the sense is that he's got a, a significantly, you know, an impactful wingspan necessarily. Um, I, I mean, with as good of a shooter as he is and as fundamentally sound as he is and as good as his scoring touch in the paint is extremely good, he had to be crafty even in college given his size. Um, and so he knows how to, you know, avoid contact and, and score with soft touch. But if he gets contact, he's going to make his free throws. So I, I really think the only thing to be concerned about here is, is he, has he really grown? And teams are going to apparently get that ability to, to check that out with the, uh, in-market visits now going to be allowed up to 10 visits per team. Like we talked about on yesterday's show, um, if he's truly grown and is say, call it six foot three. And the teams are confident that he can continue to get stronger and finish their contact and be effective defensively. Um, he's not, he's not super athletic, uh, but again, his feel for the game. And if he, he's gained a little bit of size and he plays hard on both ends of the floor, this guy would really be at number 17 for the wolves. I mean, I prefer him to a lot of guys that are current, that are typically mocked a little bit higher. Uh, for instance, you'll notice on this version of the big board, I have not had, or I just had Tyrese Maxey was number 16. And you can make an argument for Terry over him. Um, Cole Anthony's another name. I talked about him on yesterday's show as, as somebody who's being mocked occasionally to the Wolves at number 17. I like Tyrell Terry as a, as a prospect more than Cole Anthony because I think Terry can come in and be efficient from day one. And even if Anthony's got, got the athleticism and size uh, edge over, over Tyrell Terry, the the basketball IQ, the shooting touch, the efficiency, the, the, uh, ability to play hard on both ends. Those things to me are give him, give Terrell Terry a much higher floor than a player like Cole Anthony. And that's why I have Terry at number 17. And frankly, I think he's going to rise a little bit more in my next version of these rankings. Now, as I said, when I was discussing Anthony yesterday, I think it's pretty unlikely the Wolves draft a player who they're going to pigeonhole as a backup point guard simply because because why? I mean, they've got somebody that they like in Jordan McLaughlin. It's unlikely that a Tyrell Terry or a Tyrese Maxey or, um, you know, a Cole Anthony is going to step in and suddenly be better than Jordan McLaughlin in year one, you know, a guy they're drafting in the teens. And if your expectation is D'Angelo Russell's your starter, why draft for a backup? I mean, there's something to be said for drafting a high floor player, certainly. And, and at this point in the draft, you either draft a guy who you know is going to be a rotational player or you take a swing on a guy like Pukasevsky or back in the day, Giannis with Milwaukee, and you hope you hit a home run. But I don't see the Wolves doing either one of those things, frankly. I really think that they end up moving this pick, either trading back and getting a couple of later picks in the draft or getting a selection in the 2021 draft when they currently don't have any. All right, so that's number 17 on the big board. Next up, let's talk about the Denver Nuggets and what that team could look like next year. What's What will be different about them? And it's pretty rare that there's interdivision trades, I guess, with big name players, although I guess the Wolves and Nuggets just traded this last year in the Malik Beasley trade. Um, but we'll look at their roster, see if there's any potential trade targets for the Wolves and also uh, who might be leaving the Denver Nuggets this offseason. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Roman. A healthy life includes a healthy sex life, but if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. If you want help with ED, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need. 
With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. All right, let's start our team-by-team salary cap series, I guess we could call it, or or potential trade series, by looking at division rival the Denver Nuggets. They, of course, are coming off a couple of really good seasons, disappointing playoff performances after really strong regular seasons. And uh, I guess that was kind of the narrative surrounding the Nuggets is that they were going to have a really good deep roster, but did they have the horses when it came playoff time? Of course, this year, Jamal Murray was fantastic and uh, essentially kind of led the way as the Nuggets defeated the Utah Jazz in seven games and pushed uh, the next series to the brink as well. Although Nikola Jokic was was perhaps too often forgotten as a really impactful player for the Nuggets as Murray occasionally played a little too much hero ball and Jokic was simply solid all the way around. They've got a strong one-two punch. Both guys are now on max contracts. And so they're in, in that sense in a similar spot to the Wolves where they've got their Murray-Jokic dynamic the Wolves have the Russell Towns dynamic. Obviously, the Nuggets have found a lot more success than the Wolves, but the Wolves have also had exactly one game with those two guys on the floor together. Key difference being um, Jokic is a little bit more well-rounded than Towns, albeit he's not as good of a shooter. He's a much better passer, and he is more effective with his positioning defensively within the scheme, although he's not a very good one-on-one defender. And really, I mean, Towns is a better rebounder too. And Murray has been more effective as a scorer, at least was late in the season than D'Angelo Russell has been for most of his career. But uh, there's really no reason to think that the Wolves duo of Towns and Russell can't be better than Jokic and Murray. I, I truly think there's still the upside for that to be the case. The difference is that the Nuggets have gone about their team building in a really smart way, and they've also been fairly lucky along the way. For instance, this year, They'll have Torrey Craig, who is one of their primary uh, wing players, will hit restricted free agency. He was a second-round draft pick. Monty Morris, their backup point guard, who didn't play as much as the season went on, but was a part of their rotation, he was a second-round draft pick. He'll become an unrestricted free agent next offseason. So they've hit on some of these picks. They've hit on some of these um, kind of lower-dollar uh, lower contracts. And those guys are going to be coming up and either needing extensions or needing to or being able to walk in free agency. Both Gary Harris and Will Barton are under contract. Harris is under a contract for two more years, and he's expensive for what he brings to the table. $19.6 million this coming year, $20.9 million the following year. Will Barton's got one year left before he gets a player option, $13.7 million this year, and then $14.6 million on a player option for 20, uh, the, the year following this upcoming year. I'm losing track of what year is actually which year now. Um, but this is supposed to be the 2020-21 season upcoming. And so the Nuggets, I'm sure, will try and move off of Gary Harris, but I don't know that anyone's going to be too pumped to take on his contract. And he's still obviously a, a, you know, he's a plus player and Will Barton's a big part of what they do. So the Nuggets are pretty much going to run it back this year. Torrey Craig's about the only rotation player that that might be gone. Um, and 
you know, Michael Porter Jr. is another one who who earned playing time as the year went on. He's got one year before, or actually two more years before he would his rookie contract would be up. Um, so he's going to be a big part of what they do too. So I wouldn't expect the Nuggets to do much this offseason. The biggest question mark is one we covered in the first segment today on the show, and that's Jeremy Grant. He's got a $9.3 million player option. There's a chance he opts out and resigns to a, a, a more palatable, a team-friendly type deal. And, and perhaps he's he wants the security given the climate. Or Jeremy Grant might look at it and say, hey, look, this is my opportunity. I'm, I'm in my prime. I'm you know, 26. I'm going to turn 27 soon. I need to get out there and, and uh, get an extension of three or four years and get some security. I tend to think it's more likely he opts out and he gets paid more annually than he was getting paid this past year. And uh, again, I think he's a, a strong target for the Timberwolves. There's always a chance that there's a sign and trade. And obviously the player needs to be involved in that and needs to find a destination that makes sense. It doesn't, it seems unlikely that the Nuggets would perform a sign and trade to put Grant with Minnesota. But then again, I mean, they were part of the 14 deal with Minnesota and got Kata Bates the app from the Wolves and sent Jared Vanderbilt and Beasley and Hernan Gomez to Minnesota this last year. And, and I'm sure the Nuggets probably don't see the Wolves as a too serious of a threat this upcoming season. Although that can definitely change quickly given the makeup of the Wolves roster and, and the fact that they should finally have their best two players healthy this year. So I I tend to think Grant will leave in free agency. I don't know if he ends up in Minnesota. I think a team like, you know, maybe Atlanta that might think it's farther along than it actually is that has cap space might make a run at him and plug him in between Trey Young and Clint Capella. And, you know, they've got a bunch of young wings that haven't really done a whole lot down there. And, and maybe if they get, you know, they're able to trade up and get Anthony Edwards and sign Jeremy Grant, they might feel like they can make a run at the playoffs in the East next year. Um, that's a possibility. There aren't a ton of teams with cap space. So there's always a chance he ends up in Minnesota. I don't think he's back in Denver. I think he gets paid more elsewhere. And I think that's the only major change. Um, they, they probably feel like they can plug Michael Porter into the rotation there and uh, and take some of those minutes that would be vacated by Grant. Um, and then they got to figure out the Torrey Craig thing too. But this is largely going to be the same team. They're probably going to win another 50 plus games and be a top three seed in, in the West, which is of course only getting stronger, uh, but the wolves are going to have their hands full for the nuggets for the next several years. And it'll be fascinating to see if towns and Russell can turn, uh, can, can really make a rivalry out of the matchups with the nuggets and with Jokic and Murray at this stage, it wouldn't be fair to call it a rivalry because the nuggets are clearly the better team. It's not close. Of course, two years ago, or now two and a half years ago, the Wolves beat the Nuggets in game 82 to make the playoffs. The Nuggets missed it. Since then, it's been all Nuggets. After Butler was traded, the Wolves have missed the playoffs two years in a row. The Nuggets have been really good the last two years. Um, so perhaps that can be rekindled a little bit. The Jokic-Towns thing is always fun to watch. Um, and, and those guys definitely get up for that matchup. So, um, I, you know, I, I'd be surprised if there's any real trade targets. The only thing the Wolves could get from the Nuggets would potentially be Jeremy Grant in a sign-and-trade, but I still don't think that's particularly likely. All right, that is the first of our of our salary cap, of our team uh, kind of roster, cap situation, cap sheet reviews. Um, I want to go through the rest of the division, so we'll have another one for Thursday's show and also for Friday's show. We'll keep going through the big board as well. And of course, if you aren't aware, this is a daily show, so we'll be back on Thursday and Friday of this week. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. That's at Lockdown T Wolves. Don't forget the T. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.